You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and beyond, with your host, Greg Brinda. Hi, everybody. Greg Brinda here, and welcome to the Dean's Dissertation, our podcast, the Dean's Dissertation Sports and Beyond. It's July the 9th, 2017. I am joined today by my twin sons, Matthew Brenda and Nicholas Brenda, who, by the way, doesn't even live in this country. He lives in Australia right now, so I know he'll give us a primer on Australian rules football and cricket coming up a little bit later on in this podcast. But we're here today to talk about where Cleveland sports are here uh, almost to the middle of July. Uh, the Indians are right at the all-star break. The Cavaliers are in off-season form, a lot of stuff going on, and the Cleveland Browns uh, are just a few weeks away from the start of training camp, so we got a lot of it. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, guys. Uh, baseball, of course, is our first love. The Indians are back, heating up again uh, as we approach the All Star break. You guys were here for last year's World Series. Uh, I'll just, I, you know, let's just cut the cut the chase right now. Would you be disappointed if the Indians are not back? in uh, the fall classic, the World Series. Matt? Yes, total disappointment. No, I'm serious. Uh, game seven, I'll never get over. But uh, the only way to get over that is a World Series win. And uh, the only team that scares me the most is Boston, though. So I don't think we sweep Boston again if we play them. So I wouldn't be disappointed. I think that... Last year was a pretty magical year, and no one thought the Indians were going to even be in the World Series. Now, they're definitely a better team than last year, but, you know, it's hard to say. The Cubs look like shit right now, (laughs) and uh, I don't think they're going to be back. So I think a lot of things would have to happen, especially in the playoffs, for things to actually go right. I expect them to make the playoffs, and I would expect them to make it to at least the championship series um, and be competitive. Uh, If they made the World Series and won, that would be crazy, and I'd love it, but expectations, it's it's hard to have those type of expectations. Well, being in Australia, how would you celebrate? <laughs> how would you celebrate an Indians World Championship being, uh, I don't know, what's Australia, uh, a million miles away? Uh, how would you How would you be, uh, you'd almost kind of be celebrating it by yourself, right? Yeah, well, the games would be on at 6 in the morning. So okay. It'd be a, so you would catch it before work, right? A functioning right? alcoholic early in the morning to watch the games, and uh, I'd don't think anyone would really care there they have a really good sports atmosphere there um baseball is not one of their strong suits um but there's enough expats and, and americans there that i think i would find a, a home to watch the games well that well that you know i mean you could even you know, take vacation time to to watch the games if you have to watch them at 6 a.m right yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that would be before work anyway, so I could okay. probably get... Come in a little meetings. bit later on. Hey, i got to watch the Indians in, in the World Series. Right. got some reports um, to run. Yeah, it's hard to repeat, guys. I, I think the, the the realistic approach to this, obviously, it's hard to repeat. We're seeing the Chicago Cubs have a, have a you know pure World Series hangover. And if I would have said this to you guys or anybody else that prior to the season, as we approach the All-Star break, that the Milwaukee Brewers would have a better record than the Indians and would be leading the National League Central Division, I think people would have said, You're, you've lost your mind. And here we are. And I, and I think that, to some degree, is the beauty of baseball is that you never know. I mean, nobody, 
and I mean nobody, was picking the Milwaukee Brewers to be where they are. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to stay where they are, but, man, they played more than half the season, and uh, they still have the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Pirates chasing them, and who knows what might happen. The advantage the Indians have in a seven-game series, though, is Tito, because I would pick them against any team that's hot right now if the pitching is healthy. If the pitching's healthy and they're able to do the th- type of things that they did last year in the playoffs, I would I would pick the Indians against anybody. Now, is that going to last in three or four series in the playoffs? I don't know. But if you picked the Indians against one team, any team in a seven-game series right now and had Corey Kluber start two games, I would, I'd pick the Indians. Yeah, I mean, I, the baseball season is just so long, and I don't think the Brewers are uh, going to maintain their level of play, and I think the Indians are only going to get better. I mean, I, I still think the Indians are going to win 95 games this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just think our, our the, we play so many games against American League Central. Right. American League Central is not very good. I mean, the Twins are having a magical run, but they're young, and I just don't see them sustaining it, and I just don't see Kansas City doesn't have the pitching right now. So... I mean, the Indian, it doesn't, and the thing is, in baseball, it makes no difference how you get there as long as you get there. Because, I mean, we've seen it before. The team that wins a wild card a lot of times are those teams that end up in the World Series because those are the, te- the hottest teams. I mean, it all depends on how hot you are in September. If the Indians, I mean, Besides that 2013 series when we won, I think what ten games in a row to make ten in a row to get to the to get just to get to pretty, the one game playoff, and it was pretty disappointing. But we lost to Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay ended up going pretty far that year. I mean, I think what the year before they were in the World Series, weren't they? Right. Um, so I mean, anything could happen in baseball, and that's the kind of the beauty of baseball is that the season is just so long, and the ups and downs, and the lulls, and the highs that you know with our team. And I really like the prospects that we have um, for the future. Like Bradley Zimmer, he's only going to get better. You know, Eric Gonzalez, as much as I thought he was, I don't know why we were playing him, he's, he's looking pretty good lately. So I think there's a lot to be hopeful for in the next two months. Well, yeah, and you also have the trading deadline, which means that the Indians can still add. And I, I, I firmly believe I may be totally wrong. I think they're going to do something significant to make their team better, to make that push to, to get back to, obviously, the postseason and to go far into the postseason. But sure, I mean, I mean it really is uh, a bit of a crapshoot. Just getting there, if you can just get there, I think you have you have a puncher's chance. I mean, I, we've seen it happen before, and you're right about who's hot and who's playing well. I think the, 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 only, the, the only downside for the Indians right now is still their inconsistency. You know, we kind of get hooked. They start playing well for a couple of games. They score a ton of runs. Their pitching is terrific. And the next thing you know, with that lineup, which is pretty darn good, they go for two or three games not scoring any runs, and you're there scratching your head and go, how in the world can you not be scoring any runs? Well, but, I, but I think, you know, here's the other thing. I think we're other than the Houston Astros, who seem to score 10 runs every game they play, I think all of the other top teams, and this isn't even the lower echelon teams, but I think all of the other teams that have a chance to go to the postseason in both leagues, other than the Houston Astros, who perceptually score 10 runs a game, are, are kind of like in the same boat as the Indians right now. Well, I think, too, the way, you know, I'm, now that I'm sitting here, thinking about it and the way you're describing it is the Indians are pretty much the Cleveland Cavs of baseball. I mean, and they're in the same boat, too, because, I mean, you know, 
the Indians are basically in a win-now mode, just like the Cavs were, I mean, this season. And they had the highs and the lows. I mean, the Cavs, we know, during the regular season looked awful at times. And, right. then, you know, they turned it on at the end of the season. I think the Indians are, are in a very similar boat. And, you know, I think it's interesting. And I, I agree. I think they're going to make a trade for a starting pitcher because I don't think they trust Tomlin or Salazar. And you just don't know what you're going to get sometimes out of Bauer. And, you know, Clevenger's so young. And, obviously, they're not going to rely on Ryan Merritt. It's just, who do you give up? But I like the fact that the Indians are in a win-now mode because they know they only have a certain window with Kluber, Lindor, all these guys that are young now. And they know that if they don't win now, you know, that's why they went out and spent the $60 million on Encarnacion, you know, so. Well, besides LeBron James, one of the big advantages that the Cavs had was playing on the home court. Every night, packed full to the brim attendance. And I think the Indians are doing a little bit better this year in attendance compared to last year. Um, and then certain home stands have been nice, but it'd be nice to, especially with all the upgrades to progressive field and how the organization has done a much better job on making it a family-friendly and viewer-friendly environment, there's still just not that many people going out to games. Well, I, I think... Um uh, I think, and again, this is a, a, maybe a show uh, down the road, uh, is Cleveland a great baseball town? It may be. I, I've always said Cleveland is a good a good baseball town. It's a good sports town. I don't know if it's a great sports town. I probably would be debated till to death by some fans. Um, you know, the fans here are, are, are a little wacky. Uh, they support the Browns as bad as they are. Fans will genuinely, you know, I've heard fans who are excited about the upcoming Brown season. And I ask them, so you're excited to go 5-11? and 11? Because at, at the, the best, you're going to go 5-11. and 11. It'll be a miracle if you're 6-10. and 10. And guess what? If you're 5-11 and 11 or 6-10, and 10, you still stink. All right? I'm interested. I think the Browns have gotten better. I'm not excited. I'll be excited about the Browns when consistently they're a playoff team you know six and ten is stinks and 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 I, and I know some some fans oh my god Greg they're 600 percent better than they were last year and this is going to be terrific um no I, I don't think so I don't think I'm generally excited about the Cavaliers you know why because no matter what happens barring significant injury, guess what? The Cavaliers are going to probably play for the NBA championship next year. Pure and simple. We know for sure they're going to be in the postseason and almost doubly sure they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals again, no matter what they do. So, um, I, I, like I said, the only thing about that I would disagree with you, Matt, about baseball is I, I think it's a sport that's really hard to turn on or turn off. I think it happens um, organically, but I don't think it's something like like basketball that you can do. Speaking of the Cavs right now, um, there, there really isn't a whole lot they can do to – get better than the Golden State Warriors. And honestly, I've said this, no matter what they do, they're on paper, they're not going to be better than the Golden State Warriors. I don't know how they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors. Um, 
But I think you also have to enjoy the moment. I mean, if we were saying, sure, sure, we no were problem. Saying, if we were saying the Indians made it to the World Series four years in a row, and even if they lost four years in a row, we'd still be ecstatic. If the Browns were like the Buffalo Bills and made it to the Super Bowl four or five years in a row and still lost it, we'd be upset, of course, but we'd still be crazy about it. I well, mean, we so, would be good in the moment, but then after the reality would hit, be hit is that, well, we went to the Super Bowl four years in a row and we lost the Super Bowl four years in a yeah. row. That's not a good thing no, either. No, it's not. But uh, what I'm saying is we, I think people get so, you know, upset or involved in the what Golden State's doing and how to get to Golden State that we also have to enjoy the moment that we're in because, you know, I mean, other than the Golden State Warriors, I think we match up with some of the best teams, greatest NBA teams of all time. We're just... Well, we playing, have LeBron. Yeah, and we're just playing against maybe the greatest team of all time, and there's nothing we can sometimes do about that, but, you know, you got to respect and enjoy the Cavs for what they are because even if they don't win another you know, world championship and let's say they go to the finals another year or two in a row, they're still amazing basketball. Well, it, it's much better than when LeBron left in 2010 for four years and you had a horrifically bad team and you also had Kyrie Irving and they were still horrifically bad and the night they lost to the Lakers who literally ran out of legitimate players. It's only happened a couple of times in the history of the NBA. So, that's my dog Juno in the background. Uh, uh, Juno, Brenda, in the background. So um, it's it's certainly happened. Um, uh, so uh, you know what, what can I what, what can I say? That like I said, it's good time. You're right. We're living in the moment. Um, but I want another. Ch- I'm greedy, man. I want another championship. Oh, I think we all do. But um, like I said, you know, <laughs> it's it's. it's well, if tough. we get another championship, do you think the parade will ever be anything close to what it was last year for the Cavs? Boy, that's a great question. Um, no, I think if the Indians would have won Game Seven, the pr- uh, the parade would not have been like the Cavs. No, I mean it well, would have been. You also great. remember the Cavs had a parade in June. You know, having a, a parade in November or something like that is a lot different than the Cubs had five million people at the parade. Was that the Cubs had five million people? Well, Chicago's a bigger city. Well, that's what I'm just trying to say is that the weather should make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. You know. <laughs> That's a great question. I think the the city of Cleveland would have been more per, uh, prepared for um, um, the Indians because they were they were not prepared for the Cavaliers. They were absolutely they had no real barricades up. They they the the parade's length was very short, so you were cramming a lot of people in a in a real small area. You know, parades run a long way, so. Strategically, they did it on the fly. It looked like they did it on the fly. It looked impressive. The pictures looked impressive for the parade. But it was it was a cluster, you know what, for the most part. Yeah, I, was I mean, we had people in the streets. I mean, it was it was a yeah, yeah, it was it was it was literally a mess. It was literally a mess. So I mean, I I can I can totally understand that's that's a very legitimate question. Um, although I would say this, if if the Browns ever had a Super Bowl parade, it would be in February. Um, well, it's a Browns town. I think the yeah. Browns. You'd probably have two million people in a snowstorm yeah. for a Browns parade. Well, as crazy as that sounds, I think that's probably the harsh reality of what would have happened. Thinking about that, though, does do you think there will ever be another year of Cleveland sports in general as a whole better than the year of 2016? 
Uh, it'd be hard to do. I mean, even I mean, we don't consider the Buckeyes would be Cleveland re- sports, but the Ohio right. State was in the you know the you know the playoff too, and obviously they right. It would be they, hard but to that manage. That was 2016. It was probably the best year of sports that I could ever think of. Well, we've we we went from a Cavs winning an NBA championship to the Indians in the World Series, and and and, and as. As irony would have it, you have the Cavs winning the world championship and the Indians starting the World Series the night that the Cavs got, got their, their rings. rings at home, yeah. which was as surreal as you'll ever have in sports. That's the other thing. Uh, as, and especially with the proximity of the arena and the ballpark essentially being next to each other. It was a classic moment, not only in Cleveland. I think it was a classic moment in sports, period, in the United States. I mean, that was so cool. You had two blimps. You had, you had you know, uh, 35,000 baseball fans. You had 20,000 Cavs fans. You had the, the plaza between the arena and Progressive Field jammed with another 10,000 people. I mean, just, just the pictures alone made it incredible. It really did. So the question is, are the Cavaliers going to be back to the finals next year? Yes. I, is, I, I, I think so, too. But I don't know if they're going to... At, at Who are this, they going to add at this point, though? Right. At this point... Um, they're still not better than the Golden State no, Warriors. No, but I think that what's killing them is they need to find somebody to right the ship and take over the management situation because they're losing players, you know, that are potentially out there. That like Jamal Crawford, you know, he, right. decided, he signed with uh, the Timberwolves. Right, so that's somebody that LeBron wanted to play with. And I mean, we got who did we get uh, from Orlando the other day? Uh, Jeff well, Green. Jeff Green. We know that the owner doesn't value the GM role. Do you think LeBron does? Because he kind of runs yes. the, the strings anyway. I think LeBron. I think LeBron likes to see good leadership from the ownership down. Now, again, to be fair here, Dan Gilbert has written a lot of checks and has spent and has paid a lot of luxury tax money. A lot of owners wouldn't do that, uh, and 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 he's hired some decent guys. But a lot I think of owners right, don't have LeBron James. Though. Right, they have a window. Right, and I think a lot of people are looking at this front office. Some say, well, we don't need anything because LeBron runs it. Well, LeBron really doesn't run the team. Yeah, but... And occasionally they ask his opinion, but not always. Um, and I don't think I don't honestly I don't think Dan Gilbert at all speaks to LeBron James. Period. He, well, they, don't, they don't. I don't know the financial numbers, what the Cavs are actually worth, the actual team. But if God forbid LeBron leaves, Dan Gilbert loses half of his money. The Cavs are worth. Well, half the value less. of the franchise. The value would of the go, franchise would, would literally plummet yeah. if we lost LeBron again. So I think Gilbert is forced to spend it, and yeah, you got to spend whatever uh, you know, eighty, ninety million in luxury taxes, but you would lose close to a billion dollars if LeBron left. So, I mean. Yeah, well, you would wonder. You would wonder then if if LeBron leaves, if he sells the team. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, he would take a hit financially. Yeah. Because an owner, a, a, another prospective owner, would look at it and go, "Why would I pay you this kind of money if I have no shot at all of winning a championship?" Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. I mean, I you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overpay for a franchise that legitimately. It, maybe not not back to total square one or total ineptitude, but would not be able to 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 get it done. So Nick, being outside the country, do you what what do you miss more the 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 everyday? Uh, I mean, and, and again because of the world and the internet, 
you can follow your team, but do you miss the closeness of being with the Browns, the Indians, or the Cavs? Uh, well, the Indians have always been my favorite team, and it's such a long season, so it'd be nice to... And baseball is not really a popular sport in Australia, so I miss that a lot. But, it's not? What's wrong with those Australians? <laughs> well, they like cricket. So oh, okay. Well, that's close there. to baseball, sort of. Maybe. Yeah, but without... Saying it's bandwagon, it is really nice to enjoy the success of the Cavs. And so um, it would have been really cool to be here for the parade last year. Yeah. And uh, maybe see a playoff game, which is uh, difficult to do overseas. But I would say if you had to pick any team of Cleveland sports to win a championship, I think the city would be most happy and satisfied with the Browns. And they're by far the farthest away. I agree. Right. I mean, they're not even in the ballpark of being even respectable yet. Although, as I said earlier in the podcast, that, uh, you know, uh, I think there would be a lot of Browns fans who would think that 6-10 and is successful. As... To me, that's still horrible. It might be better than last year. It is. I mean, I can't deny that. It's still horrible. Just because you're better than last year doesn't mean you're still not horrible. You're still horrible, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you can disagree with that. The grounds have created a culture of mediocrity. Right. So <laughs> when you have a culture like that, if you get a little bit better and people get excited, that's just, I guess, human nature, but that doesn't make it a better situation. Well, I think the Browns have created a culture of fans. I, I, I don't, you know what? I, let me take that. Back. Is it almost like the Cubs, though? Like, you expect them to lose? And, like, it's, you know how, like, people were talking yeah. about when the Cubs won? Like, well, now that there's no curse, what do we, you know, like, it's like, oh, we, we did this, and maybe that's why the Cubs aren't doing so well as they are now. It's just because, like, this, you know, something's been lifted off to that, you know, part of the city's shoulders and all that stuff. Whereas, you know, the Browns are almost like the lovable, I wouldn't say lovable losers because people, you know, take football very seriously right. around here. But it's just like, what would people do? I mean, I can't, what, the last time we made the playoffs was, what, 2007 or 8? No, or 2003, 2002. 2002, 2002. yeah. yeah. yeah when we lost forever. to the Steelers, yeah. yeah. When Butch Davis was the uh, coach. Uh, we came close in 2007. The Browns yeah. were 10 and six, but they didn't make the. I mean, I, I, and getting back, I don't, I don't think the Browns have created a culture of mediocrity. What I think has happened is that Browns fans have accepted the culture of mediocrity. The Browns are what they are. They're, I mean, they they make decisions. They draft players. They sign players. They play players. They are what they are. How the fans perceive them is how the fans perceive them. The the the, the Browns don't dictate how fans. Neither, none of our sports teams dictate how fans perceive them. Fans just perceive them, um, you, you know, unilaterally. Well, I, and I've never understood the love affair. What what I've never understood is the love affair with mediocrity or or bad football. And I think well, the nice thing about football is is just you only have eight home games. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have a very limited opportunity to see this team, whether they're good or bad. So when people buy tickets, you know, for Game 7 or Game 8, they're going to go regardless. Right. Because you only have... To a degree, yeah. You only have so many opportunities to see the team that, you know, you love and you cheer for. Whereas, you know, the Indians, it's like, you know, you could go any day 
of the week, or you know, even the Cavs, it's not that hard to get a ticket. And you know, I've been to a billion Browns games in December where there's many, many open seats next to mine, and it's just like that would be the ultimate. Where you go to a game in December, and it right. actually matters, and it would be full. Yeah, right, and be there would be a ton of people, yeah. and it would be full. And uh, honestly, I, I. <sighs> I, I, I would hope that we would get there. I, I just think this. It's still going to be, and I don't want to say never say never, but the Indians will play in more World Series and the Cavs will play in more NBA championships before the Browns even smell the Super Bowl. And I don't even know if the Browns will ever smell the Super Bowl. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, just from a player personnel standpoint, they need a quarterback, and we have no idea if they even have a quarterback. And that's that's the other thing. Here we are in 2017. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they have Kaiser as their perhaps future quarterback, but right now there's no telling whether or not this guy truly is the quarterback. I think it would be a shame... For the Browns never to get to a Super Bowl or or, or and I, 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 there's no reason to believe right now that they're even going to get to this unless you're just the fan is just all in and they're hoping and praying and whatever. Now, do you, Nick, do you think the Browns will ever go to a Super Bowl in your lifetime? Let's say you live another 50 years. <laughs> I'd like to hope so, but <laughs> I'm not that optimistic. Like I always agree with the you need a quarterback. But the problem with the Browns is they need so many things, it's hard to even determine if a right. quarterback's good. Like, I thought if Tim Couch played for the New England Patriots, he probably would win Super Bowl. He probably would, <laughs> right. Because they would coach him up, he had better players, and they would probably do it. You're right, exactly. Matt, will in your next 50 years, so yeah. when you're 84, will they have gone to a Super Bowl? I think so. Uh, you think? Me being it's op- 50 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't live in Australia, so I live it and breathe it every day. So right. if you can't believe in some kind of hope, then, you know, why would I spend money yeah. to go to a game next year if I didn't believe that there was any kind of opportunity for advancement or wins and all that stuff? And I mean, like, kind of like, you know, it's, it's that, I don't know, that feeling. I remember, I just, I, September's fun, October's fun, and then... November and December haven't been fun in, you know... Since, a long yeah. time. And, I mean, when right. the Browns were good, right. I was a little kid, so I didn't really appreciate, you know, the 1980s Browns because... Um, it, you know, I was I was I was almost too young to really enjoy that. Well, think about this: in the first ten years of my broadcasting career, the Browns went to three AFC championships. Uh, they went to the playoffs five times. Okay, um, since '89, they've been to the postseason twice. So the so the next thirty years of my broadcasting life, they've only been to the playoffs twice. That's but crazy. You, that's I mean, crazy. The way I think of things, too, is because, well, my world's a little different because I, I'm a teacher and I work with kids. So, you know, kids are always like, oh, like when we have like sports days at schools and I wear my brown stuff, the browns are garbage and all that stuff. And But when they see the Cavs and the Indians, they don't know any better because they only know the Cavs and Indians have been good for most of their lives. Right. You know, and like when you grew up, like, you know, in the 50s and 60s, the Browns were really good in the right. 50s and 60s. The Indians were not. And the Indians weren't. But we you didn't had, even have basketball until yeah. 70, right? And, but you had that feeling, right? Right. You know, like you knew. I couldn't wait to see a Browns game on Sunday. Yeah. Because they were always good. Yeah. 
And now I'd rather, seriously, I'd rather play golf on Sunday. Yeah. If it's 75 degrees on a fall Sunday afternoon, and we got the crappy Browns playing or, 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 or playing golf somewhere on a nice golf course, I'd choose playing golf on a nice golf course. Well, let me ask you this, because obviously you talk to the sports fans every day, but... You know, I think a lot of it's very generational. Like, I'm in that, you know, generation where in 95, when I was really into sports, the Indians were amazing, and the Browns left. Right. So that's when the time, you know, like, when I could process what was going on and how special all this stuff was, as opposed to just being just, like, a happy fan, like, knowing what it takes to win a world championship and, you know, knowing all the player stats and getting really involved in all that stuff. And then they left. And, you know, I was almost in college by the time they came back, you know, at the end of my high school, early college career. And, and um, you know, it was very special for me when they came back, but it's, it's never been the same team. And I think that's pro- right. probably the biggest problem is, you know, we saw the Ravens win a Super Bowl and how good they had been. But, like, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, that's that, that was our team that got away. And all these, you know, newer fans. So my my question to you is, you know, you have the people in your generation who have been these diehard Browns fans. Do they see the separation in between those two teams or it's always just been the Browns as opposed to, like, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure the older people are probably a little bit more pessimistic than the younger people because younger people don't really know what, you know, happened. Yeah, but I think, you know, I... There's the realistic Browns fans, and then there's the Browns fans that no matter what happens, they're Browns fans, and they all say, well, it's been passed down to generation. I just think that's... I just think that's ridiculous. You kind of, kind of look at the situation as it is, and and go from there. I I, I, I mean, you got to give me something, folks. I mean, I I just, and maybe it's because I've maybe my perspective is different because I cover the. I got to have a reason. I really have a reason. Just because you exist, doesn't mean that I'm I'm diehard or optimistic. Because I I realistically, Nick, you made the point about you know players and stuff. Joe Thomas, as good as he is and is going to be in the Hall of Fame, will ne- probably will never be on a Browns team that makes the playoffs. He just probably because he'll retire before that. I mean, I mean, he's not going to play forever. That's the sad thing. Joe Thomas is a we we have a Hall of Fame player that certainly will never win a Super Bowl ring ring with the Browns and probably will never be on a Browns playoff team. That's discouraging. It really is. Well, it's nice that he wants to stick around for what he good for him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I probably wouldn't want to stick around. Yeah. So, well, gentlemen, we've kind of. uh, Gone over uh, the Indians, the Cavs, the Browns. The Browns, like I said, are going to start training camp very, very soon. The uh, the Cavaliers are trying to do their best to at least be on paper, be close to um, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And I think uh, everyone right now, barring some. Well, I got to ask you this before we stop. All right, all right. So, we're, I mean, and I kind of already know this, but so do you think this whole Kevin Love, Carmelo, Anthony, you know, thing? Do you think that that our, you know. Dan Gilbert's really pursuing that. I hope or, not. Or if that's something LeBron wants because they're good friends. I hope not. Or, I, I hope not. I know you hope not, but do you think that's realistic? Well, I will tell you, uh, no. I think they're looking for Carmelo Anthony to buy, out. to buy out. They'll bring him here. He won't add any defense. He'll give you some more scoring, and I still don't think they'll be able to outscore the Golden State Warriors. If, if, Le- if Love stayed and somehow they got Melo here at a— 
at the you know the mid level uh, exception or a minimum buyout because they got a ton of money from from being bought out by the New York Knicks. Um, they're still not better than the Golden State Warriors. Well, this is a totally separate. But I, I saw a quote from Theo Epstein yesterday, and they was, they were talking about the Cubs going you know below five hundred into the right All Star break. Right All Star break. And they asked him, are you going to make any deals? And he said, absolutely not. He's like, we are a world championship team. We can get better. My question to you is, can the Cavs, as they are, can they learn to play better defense with the, the players that they have right now? Could they, I mean, I'm not saying get to the, maybe the ultimate threshold of where the Golden State Warriors are, but better than they were last year, even though they're a year older. Can they get better? I'm, I'm going to give you a cop-out answer. I don't know, and here's what I don't know. Um, I think you can commit yourself to playing better defense, but I don't know if they have defensive players. They may play a little better defense, but I don't know if it'll be good enough. You know, when I watch the Golden State Warriors play, and I know Cavs fans don't want to hear it, they're a hell of a basketball team, and they're great at both ends of the court. The Cavaliers are great offensively, but they're not a free-flowing machine like Golden State. And defensively, they're not even in the same stratosphere. Well, do you think it's an advantage for the Golden State Warriors to be in the West where there's more competition, where they have to be on their game every night? Yeah, probably, yeah. And there's no drama on that franchise. They They just play and win, and they're committed, and they don't... They're, they're, that's the other thing. The Cavaliers were in the in this chill mode. We'll flip the switch when the postseason. Part of that's on LeBron. Part of that was on uh, Ty Lue, the coach. Um, I think the Cavaliers have a, in my eyes, have a long way to go to prove that they are worthy of even remotely challenging the Golden State Warriors. But you don't. I mean, I don't know. I just. I know there's a gap. I just don't think the gap is as big as everyone makes it out. I mean, I was at game four. Yeah. They look great. It was game, a great game. Game three, they were in it to the very end. I just um, don't think... I mean, I know the Golden State is yeah. is better and, and marginally better. I just don't think that the gap is like, oh, we need to have to have, you know, the, uh, another superstar in order co- to beat them. Co-host Muriel Brenda chiming in here. <laughs> I agree. If everyone's playing with their A game... Yeah. I do think they are a very good matchup against the Golden State. Oh, I think they're a very good matchup. The problem is is getting everyone to play their A game at the same time. But if I'm going to Vegas with $1,000, I'm betting on the Golden State Warriors. It's just, it's as simple as that. And the Golden State A game against the Cavs A game is much better. Yeah, but... You'd have to have the Cavs to play an A game and the Golden State Warriors to have a B game to be competitive. Right. Um, I just think the, the Golden State Warriors are so well coached so disciplined at both ends of the court. Well, it's, it's not just the... I, you know, we always just talk about the Golden State Warriors. It's Kevin Durant. The Cavs this year right. beat Golden State if they don't have Kevin Durant. But they do. But they have yeah, Kevin I, I realize, and I realize, we have yeah, LeBron James, and, and I get that. Curry all that credit. Yeah, but, but, but they, they have Kevin Durant, and that made the difference this year. I absolutely agree with you, one billion percent. But they have Kevin Durant, and we don't. All right, gentlemen and uh, ladies, that uh, uh, concludes our podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Da-da-da. Booyah! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review, and beyond. Subscribe, rate, and return for more with the Dean.